Hey everyone, Katie and I are so grateful, especially today, to be recording this podcast where we feel like we're able to, I guess, share our experience and what we're going through as we're quarantined and the world's undergoing and in the midst of a crisis, you know, something that I've certainly never seen in my lifetime and I don't think most people have seen in their lifetime. And uh, and so it's fun that we feel like we can kind of stay connected through this podcast and, you know, naturally a lot of things are happening in our life because of this. And I can only imagine the, I actually, I cannot imagine how many different scenarios there are out there for you listeners and how you're undergoing and experiencing this, uh, this crisis. And our hope is, is that we can direct you to the Lord and to his goodness because he's good all the time. And I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guide and keep your hearts as his word promises, promises us that it will do. And so uh, we're hoping that we can be of encouragement to you in this time, just like we hope that we're uh, of an encouragement to you in any time of life. Anyways, thank you so much for being a part of this. We love you guys, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey. I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. the final scrub down of our master bathroom shower to bring you guys our last podcast in this apartment uh closet yes this podcast this closet this podcast closet that we've been recording the podcast in for the last what was it been eight months that we've lived here yeah eight it's months crazy it's been eight months yeah it's uh it's served us well it serves it's served as a good little podcast studio but we're moving on and I, I, I wish I could say we're moving on to bigger and better, but we're moving on to smaller and better. Yeah, there you it's go. It's definitely smaller, smaller. I know. It's like our trailer's two times the si- or like half the size. Not two times. Whoa. Our master bedroom is two times the size of our trailer. Yes. Like our closet is the size of like our, our bed. Our room. Yeah. Our bedroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you guys might notice with the audio, though, we have no clothes in here yes. anymore. So it is no longer like a well-padded closet in our voices are bouncing off the walls. That's right. Yeah. So just to catch you guys up to date, I think we mentioned last week that we had been planning on buying a home and it was supposed to close actually last week, but we ended up having to pull out of escrow for that because of some things that happened in our life, uh, financially kind of as a response to the the coronavirus outbreak. Mm -hmm. I know many people's lives have been shaken up because of that from different work situations and financial situations and and, and of course, health situations too, you know, the virus itself having a, a dramatic impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we found ourselves getting to the end of this month, not that we are, our lease was up here at our apartment 
and uh, we needed a place to live because we pulled out of escrow. And so we bought a little travel trailer. Did we do that last week? We did that last week, yeah. Crazy. I feel like happened. we've had that thing for forever. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. a good home. It is. So far, it's been a great home. So yeah, with this little travel trailer, it's, well, it's not little. It's 28 feet long mm-hmm. and uh, it's great. It's a nice little bunkhouse and we've parked it on some property outside of town and in a lot of ways, it feels kind of like an upgrade. Even though it's a tiny living space, the property that we're on is gorgeous. And we're coming into a beautiful time of year here in Western Washington. And so all things considered, we're, we're actually really grateful and excited for where we're at. Yeah, a lot of you have messaged me and said that you stayed in the Pacific Northwest in a trailer for a period of time with your kiddos. And through the winter you gals who have done that through the winter major props to you because Mm -hmm. it's been rainy the last week Mm -hmm. but we know sun is coming and we're so excited to have our kids just playing outdoors consistently we still send them outside but they're kind of cold oh yeah (laughs) soaking wet in 10 minutes yeah so i mean i think it'll be a lot of outdoor living but we're just really really grateful to be up there right now Mm -hmm. and today is our last day here at the apartment we're just doing some cleaning and I don't know the last loosens are taken way longer than I anticipated yes it felt like we had everything done like four days ago we thought we were done yeah but of course there keeps being things that we need to finish one more load yeah or even like the cleaning anyways the thing that is nice here is that our kids all nap in different rooms Mm -hmm. that's what they're doing right now we're actually it's the middle of the afternoon we usually record this at night Mm -hmm. but we don't know how we're going to record the podcast yeah going forward i mean we will we'll figure it out guys yes but it's like it's one of those quirks where we're just all together in one room yeah and the trailer is very open there's no doors right so we have like a big i don't know what do you call it like noise machine yeah it has a bunch of noise and stuff but you have to still be really quiet yes yeah, know. we're learning. It's I a don't totally know how different. Hard to do it. It's like a lifestyle our, change yeah. for sure. All of our systems have to be so different, and I'm excited about it. I Me think too. we're gonna find a way to thrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's there's a lot of things where it's like, oh, this worked before. This isn't gonna work now. I was telling Elisha, it feels like we had a fourth child because like every time you <laughs> add a child to your life, all everything that worked before needs to be tweaked. Hmm. And that's what we're doing right now. Yep, yeah. that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're, we're re- tweaking everything. Create new systems and new habits and routines. Yeah. Yeah, but all, all in all, we're really grateful. And I do feel, I don't know, just the peace of God throughout this whole situation. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's Katie Nye's, or oh, I just caught myself. I'm not supposed to say Katie Nye's. That's oh. Katie's and my, right? That's Katie's and my yeah. desire. For all of our listeners. Wow, Grams, are you listening to this podcast? Okay, yes. Uh, I'm going to explain really quick because... Well, I'll explain. Okay, you can explain. Yeah, no, 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 no you, you can explain, explain better. I just want to say we've called my grandma the grandma Nazi. Grammar Nazi. Grammar Nazi. The yeah. grammar Nazi. Not the grandma Nazi. <laughs> no, not the grandma Nazi. Uh, the grammar Nazi for as long as I have been a child. She is very, very good at grammar. And so now you could tell yes, your story. I've... <laughs> bit my whole life i formed the habit of saying like in that sentence i said katie and eyes i was gonna say katie i should have said my or sorry i should have said katie and my's oh dang it katie's and my desire that's what i was trying to say but instead i said katie and i's desire a lot of people do that they basically overcorrect when you're trying to say me so like me and kyla or me and elisha so 
then people hear, oh, it's supposed to be... Katie and I. I. Or, yes. Anyways, yeah. And so then you just overcorrect yes. to saying I all the time, you, when it's inappropriate. Yeah, and just trying to explain that, I think, made me more confused. And I'm sure <laughs> listeners are really tired of hearing me try to explain it. So anyways, <laughs> we're going to try to dig in, jump into today's episode. And uh, and again, you know, we're going to be talking about something that's definitely relevant to our current state in life, but it's a mindset and a concept that we, I think, want to bring with us. Hopefully, if, you know, people talk about when things get normal again, whether or not that's going to happen. Um, but all in all, we want this type of mindset to be with us wherever we go and in any season of life. Yeah. So when I was younger, well, I still like reading business books, but I started, my dad had this huge bookshelf of business books and I started reading them when I was like 10, 11, 12, because I love the stories in them, like rags to riches stories. And one of the books that was up there that's like on every self-help or business bookshelf is The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey. Covey, yeah. It is like the most boring book in the entire world. I think. Me too. I have tried to read that book. Yeah. Like everybody brings it up as you have to read this, you have to read this. And there's some great concepts in there, but it is hard to read. It's like hard to stay awake when you're reading it. I don't know. Nothing against you, Stephen. Oh, (laughs) great. Like I said. The concepts are incredible. Are incredible. But but it's kind of like a textbook almost. It's like, you know, yeah. That's what it is. It's like nowadays because of attention spans, authors are writing really fun to read self-help books. And this was written a while ago Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of heavier material you feel like you don't really like get into the story or the case studies or stuff like that but anyways Elisha and I both did college online and we both had to take that speed reading class right Mm. and like the memorization class yes I forgot about that yeah we didn't go to school together he's five years older but we did the same kind of program and one of the things that they had us do in that program was memorize the seven habits of highly successful people. And the one that I, that stuck with me this entire time is think, win, win. Yes. Highly successful people think, win, win. Mm. And I think that, I mean, another one of them is like be proactive. Mm. Yeah. Start with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Oh, man, I forget. Yeah, there's some great ones. Well, that's three out of seven. I feel like that's pretty (laughs) bad for not reading the book. (laughs) But today we're talking about thinking win-win because a lot of you guys have messaged either Elisha and I and asked what our thoughts are on, you know, why are you guys buying a trailer? How are you preparing? Should I be preparing for whatever yeah. An you economical know. depression or recession yeah. or yeah a depression what are your thoughts on that and the last thing we want to do is without knowing anything in in your life aside from you know a, a three sentence message mm-hmm. give you our sage advice we're just trying to figure our lives out but the most important thing we could tell you is how we make big decisions and that mm-hmm. is think win-win yeah we try to think win-win and i think that Katie and I have been trying to have this frame of mind, especially as of late, considering how negative everything is out in in media, in the news, and just in the world in general. Most everything that we see and hear and maybe even experience is kind of negative. It's kind of a bummer right now out there. And mm-hmm. that is a fact. There's a lot of negativity out there that's true and that's real. Uh, but we, we love Philippians 4. Is it Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 8? Or, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. We love the Philippians 4 focus, and that is, it says, whatsoever things are true, lovely, 
of good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Um, and I love that it doesn't just stop at true because if we just stop at true when we're reading that Bible verse and learning how to think, you say, okay, whatsoever things are true, think on these. Well, it doesn't say just whatsoever things are true. It says whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are just, and uh, then the list goes on. And so Katie and I have really fought to not just think about what's true, but to think about what's true and lovely and of good report, which means you have to exclude a lot of the news in the media. And that doesn't mean you don't become aware of it. It means you don't educate yourself on what's transpiring in the world. But what are you dwelling on? There's a difference between meditating and dwelling and thinking on certain things versus simply being informed, getting the facts so they can make an informed decision for you and your family and then going on from there. So anyways, I say that all to say <laughs> that thinking win-win can be difficult, extra difficult in times like this mm-hmm. where it seems like, all the options are losses or all the options are going backwards. But we've really fought to set ourselves up to be in a win-win situation in particular to this move that we're making. Yeah, I think it's so funny. You and I have had like the longest what do you call those like runways into our points yes <laughs> like i think you were looking at me and i was looking at you like the preface <laughs> tie it in tie it in yes. what are we talking the about whole episode is the preface <laughs> <laughs> oh but i do like how you tied that in too because it is it is hard to think positive in these times sometimes and i think in stephen covey's book how i've heard think win-win referenced by a lot of people is think win-win in a situation like for instance Elisha and I try to do this a lot with each other like how can Elisha win in this situation how can I win in this situation how can this be good for both of us because then we're both happy mm-hmm. sometimes you need a straight up take from your partner or your partner needs to take from you but that's not like a fun position to be in no. and you know eventually someone's going to run dry in that situation sure. yeah But the way that we like to think about it in these big situations are, take, for instance, the trailer, right? Say the economy goes awesome and life is as normal. We could have totally bought that house. The income that we lost would have come back. Uh, The virus just burns off in Mm -hmm. a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, life, life goes on and it's normal. Well, what would we, what would be a win about getting the trailer? The fun experience of living out in the country, mm-hmm. the money we would be able to save mm-hmm. because of how little we're paying in rent out there. Uh, I think just, yeah, the memories made with our children. Yeah. It's already a unique experience for our family, and we love that. Yeah. So Elisha and I are looking at, okay, we're going to save money. Our kids are going to love being outdoors. We're going to have, at the end of this, an asset. We're going to have the trailer because mm-hmm. we bought it used. There's not a lot of depreciation going on at this mm-hmm. point. So it's going to be a win for us if life continues as normal. Yes. Now, if the worst case scenario, the economy does crash Mm -hmm. or there is a food shortage Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever whatever the fears are. Yeah. X, Y, and Z. Well, we have really low cost of living Mm -hmm. and we're out in the country where there's less people that are going to spread disease or riot or steal from you. (laughs) Yeah. We've got, we're able to garden and to have animals out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's a lot of other things that, but basically this is a win-win situation for us. Right. It's a win-win. And that's how we've framed it. And that's how we, we view it versus the home that we are in escrow for. Yes. Now, we were not forced out of escrow because of fi- it's not like our financing failed 
because mm -hmm. of the income lost. But it was our, our judgment call. Yeah. We got to a place where we lost a couple contracts for, for Katie's business. My work became very up in the air at mm -hmm. that point as to how much longer I was going to be employed full time. And we just decided if it when in doubt, we need to be living well below our means if things, you know, don't go well for our financial future. Now, yeah, basically that house was only a win if everything continued yes, perfectly. That's right. And so it, there was the real potential for it to not be a win-win. It was a win in one very specific scenario yeah. in our life. It would have been a loss if our income went down. It would have been a loss if... Like, yeah, the housing market crash and yeah, all of a sudden... There's just so many losses. And, and we aren't saying don't ever take risks right. because Elisha and I... We love taking risks. Yeah, and I think that's an important part of life. But any situation you can think, how can this be a win both ways, mm -hmm. even in a risk situation? So, for instance, when we started... Were you going to say something else? I feel like I could Well, no, I think that a great mindset to have when you're assessing various decisions and various risks is do have that worst case scenario conversation. And, mm -hmm. so, and like you said, okay, worst case scenario in either of these situations, which one can we live with? Another really fun question to ask is if everything goes wrong, like everything, everything that could go wrong goes wrong and we go bankrupt, we lose the house, we whatever, whatever, whatever how long would it take for us to get back to where we currently are? Mm -hmm. You know? And so that actually is really empowering for me too. Cause it makes me realize, Oh, I don't really have that much to lose in certain decisions. And that can actually be helpful in taking risks as well. Cause like what Katie said, we don't want to live in fear and we don't want to ever be willing to risk something or to stretch our comfort zone. Yeah. We don't want to not be willing to do those things. Exactly. We don't want to be unwilling to do those things. Uh, but we, at the same time, we want to kind of hedge our bets, so to speak, so that worst case scenario, we can still say it's a win. Yeah. And so for instance, when we started our first business together, it was in network marketing and Elisha and I were like, okay, we're making this investment, mm -hmm. right? We're spending, I don't know what it was like 1500 yeah. bucks yeah. or something. I mean, just pennies for most Compared to most yes. business investments. Super cheap. Yeah. But then as soon as we started, we had some people message us and be like, do not do network marketing. You're mm -hmm. going to burn all your friends. People are going to be like, you're that person. Mm -hmm. Right. And Elisha and I had to sit down with these risks mm -hmm. and look at them. And we figured out a way to think win-win yep. with this risk because we were thinking, okay, best case scenario we put in this time, we work through anyone who has issues with, you know, the product we're selling mm -hmm. or the fact that we are salespeople. We gain all of this, um, well, passive income yep. ultimately. Yep. And honestly, best case scenario happened because <laughs> we have a lot of passive yeah. income going in from, from that, that business, like five yeah. years later. So yeah. that was great. Worst case scenario though, it's like, okay, maybe some people are annoyed by us. Mm -hmm. We wasted our time doing all these, like we did so many in-home events and shake parties. Maybe yep. it's embarrassing for us. Maybe it doesn't work right a year from now or six months from now. Yeah. We're one of the many stories where it's like, this didn't work for us. Yep. We lost our money. Yep. You know, but then Elisha and I are like, okay, what's a win in that situation? The win is we both learned to present in front mm -hmm. of people. We That's both right. learned to get better at speaking. We both got better on camera. Mm -hmm. We both learned to communicate with our downline 
and well, like coach people. Yes. And also how to have difficult conversations. Cause like yes. you said, uh, sometimes there is in various, uh, demographics, a stigma with network marketing that mm-hmm. you have to converse through, Yeah, you know, where people just the fact that you would ever want to share a product with them offends them at the core mm-hmm. and you have to learn to connect with them and say, okay, Hey, you know what? This relation, your relationship with is far more important to me than you ever taking a look at my business model. Yeah. And what's great about that too. And this is what we concluded on with that is that long-term this is not going to damage our re- the relationships that matter to us the most. Yeah. So I want to, I want to point out because there's two different thought processes going here. I feel like, but one is we figured out how to make it a win. Yep. One was like, we're going to business school for 1500 bucks. It's way cheaper than a four-year degree. Say this all fails. We're in a valuable skill sets mm-hmm. at the end of it. So we thought win-win. We also thought like, I think you were saying there wasn't a lot to recover from. Right. Because the investment at that point, even though $1,500 for us was a lot at the time, you would, you could get that money back, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, and then also the time invested was very minimal, six months or a year or whatever we committed to trying it for. Again, you can get that back as well. Mm-hmm. And when it came to emotional or like our friendships or stuff like that, we're like, we are determined to keep our friendships. We aren't going to burn any bridges. And if someone is uncomfortable with it, then we'll just show them that their friendship is way more important than anything that we have to offer product wise. Like this friendship is not about money to us. But basically those skill sets and all those things. Yeah. The business worked out from a business point of Mm -hmm. view, but those skill sets and those things we learned enabled us to do like this podcast, honestly, is a part of that business. Some oh. of the skill sets we started in yes. just even taking risks right. or doing things that like made our gut sink. Yes. We, we flex that muscle Big so time. consistently. We're so used to putting ourselves out there and just being like, we're just going to take a leap. Well, that's what's crazy, Katie. You know, you bring that up and I'd say some of the favorite things in our life right now that we've, that we're doing, that we started, we had so much pushback from from different people and you had to exercise that skill of kind of being um and it's not and it's not not it's not that we don't value people's opinions we really value input and instruction and even constructive criticism we we really appreciate it when people take the time to share their concerns or their thoughts on what we're doing and we do act on those things when we hear it consistently yes you know if we hear it from more than two people then we're like, okay. Yes, but you, you brought up the business that we now basically live off of at this time in our life. Yeah. And then this podcast, which has just been such a blessing to us. We've enjoyed it so much. We didn't have just like a bunch of people telling us we should do it. It was quite the opposite. If anything, there was a lot of friction and pushback to the thought of it. But we had exercised that muscle of saying, you know what? We want to give this a shot. Worst case scenario, those people are 100% right. And we're dorks for giving this a shot, and we quit, and we say, "Well, hey, we give it, a, we gave it a shot." Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, again, these things that we enjoy so richly, I know we were grateful that we took those risks. Yeah. So I guess Elisha and I, all we would really encourage you in, and whatever decision you're trying to make for your family, is talk through the worst case scenario, see if there's a positive side to it, mm-hmm. and uh, to both sides mm-hmm. of of what you're scared of is this decision going to be positive on the other side, no matter what? Mm. 
And then two, if it is a risk and it's kind of one-sided and mm-hmm. you're going to be missing out on something that you really wanted by taking this step of action that you feel the Lord's calling you to right now or whatever, then how long will it take you to build back up to what you missed out on? Yes. Like for instance, with this house, we, we did miss out on a house. Yep. So we had to talk through how long is it going to take for us to either save up that down payment again, find a house that's similar. And the truth is, that could happen in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, who Perhaps. knows? Yeah. Depending on what it, happens with the economy. Yeah. And like my if work. everything goes back to normal and we're right. like, everything was so normal and we took this, we, we decided to take this unique experience and live in this trailer, right. but we missed out on this house. Well, it's going to take us like a month to get in a house that's similar. Right. You know, it's not like 100%. it was a one in a million dream property right. that's going to take forever to find again. That's right. And ultimately we made this decision to not purchase the home and to buy this travel trailer because we have no clue what's going to transpire in the future. And mm-hmm. I mean, the Lord always knows the future and we really never know what the future holds, yeah. but it's like we, prior to the coronavirus outbreak, it's like, we felt like we could predict the future and we, and to some extent I mean, you have as, to make decisions. As good assuming, as you can. Yeah. You, yeah. And you kind of have to make decisions based off of, what you assume the future is going to do. Well, most people have lost confidence in being able to make decisions based off the future. Yes. And so what we're trying to do is, yeah, of course, trust, not just of course, trust the Lord first and foremost and in all things. I mean, give him thanks. Go to the Lord daily for wisdom and direction because I know he gives that. He gives wisdom for the day and for daily decisions and for big decisions that have you know ramifications that might last for years. That said, we want to also do what we can to be practical and with the information that we have been given. You know, the Lord has revealed some things to us here on this earth. And so how can we evaluate that information and then come to a conclusion that Katie and I are in alignment with, we're in agreement Mm -hmm. and on board with together, and we feel like it's a win-win. We feel like worst case scenario, we can view it as a win. Best case scenario, big win. And a lot of people tell me oh you're so positive you're so positive through all this or you're so positive at this and I mean Elisha sees my meltdowns (laughs) but I think it's a lot easier to be positive when you've legitimately thought through the positive side of your decision yes and when the decision you're making is positive either way you look at it it's really easy to be positive yes that's right and something that Katie and I have fought for even you know recently is unity because when you I, at least I can speak for myself. When I feel unified with Katie, when I feel like mm-hmm. we're on the same team attacking a problem or a dilemma together and neither one of us are the problem or the dilemma, yeah. but we're attacking it together, it's so empowering. And that's what feels, that's I feel like the groundwork for like a win-win situation. Oh, ultimately. Like, honestly, I would rather be bankrupt with Elisha and be on the same team yes. and the same page than making what I think is the best decision for our family by myself and Elisha thinking another decision right. is the best decision for our family. Like that's when it's no fun. Yes. Unity and being united, just the trumps, same team. That, that trumps like a good decision. Yeah. I feel like honestly, yeah. it, it, <laughs> we made yeah. some bad decisions together, but we've been like, so unified through it. You really just embrace 
the pain or the fire or That's the right. whatever. Because yep. you know, like, oh, we did this together and we'll get out of it together and right. then we'll make a better decision. That's right. Yeah. And you're able, like you said, to suffer the negative consequences together and work through it. Or you're able to experience the victory or the win from it together. And both of those are just so much more enjoyable and I guess reasonable, some, if it's the negative yeah. thing, when you're united. Well, talk about a situation that's not a win-win situation. Say you make what you think is the best situation for you and your spouse, and then it doesn't work out. And it was a decision that your spouse didn't agree with. And it was a decision your oh, spouse didn't yeah. agree with. Those are the worst. And that's where you really have to like work on yeah, <laughs> loving and respecting your spouse probably in that situation. <laughs> yeah, so fighting for unity, and then even prior to fighting for unity, I think... Uh, fighting for clear clarity from the Lord, you know, wanting to honor him, wanting to walk with him and truly hear from him Mm -hmm. in these decisions is a way that sets yourself up for a win-win when you think, Oh, you know what? The Lord's with me. The Lord led me to this. If it doesn't go well, circumstantially, he's going to teach me a lesson from it that I know I'll value my entire life. Yeah. I think that's something Elisha and I say a lot is if this doesn't work out, well, I learned X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't know what you're going to learn, but we, Literally, I don't know if we've ever taken a risk or made a decision or we don't first say, this is the fallback plan. Yes. If this all fails, I will, mm-hmm. you know, yes. have grown in my confidence or have grown in my capabilities mm-hmm. or will know that won't work. Mm-hmm. But I think declaring it sometimes ahead of time keeps your brain from falling in the trap of, oh, well, I shouldn't have done that because... Blah, blah, blah. Like, Mm -hmm. we're never going to make the perfect decision, Mm -hmm. or at least we can't consistently do that our whole lives. Right. So you want to have something where your brain can count it as a win, so you're going from strength to strength. Yep. I don't know if you guys heard that little burp, but... That was Louie. That was Louie. Blame it on the child. Yes. He's uh, joining us here here on the floor because he got up for the snap. Yeah. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You know, I know it's been a little bit sporadic. But that's kind of how our life is right now. <laughs> that's how our brains are. That's how you our guys. brains are. Anybody, you know, Katie and I are not uh, seasoned movers. This is just our second move since being married. Um, yeah, it takes a lot out of us, and it does. We're not very good at it so far, and uh, and so well, we're a little bit. I actually think thin. we're really good at it. Maybe we are. I don't know. It I think we're good at it. I think it's just moving hard. I think it's just hard. Yeah. The nice thing is, is that we're less sad to leave this apartment than we were our the other apartment that we left have you felt a drop of sadness no no (laughs) this we're really grateful for the home this apartment provided me too but it's we're we're grateful to be moving on from it too yeah yes anyways folks we just want to you to know that we care about you we you know we think about you so many of you message uh, you know, yeah, us so and... many of you guys are going through such hard situations right mm-hmm. now, That's like right. such hard and you're faced with such hard decisions where your husbands are out of work or you're out of work or you're both have no idea mm-hmm. what's happening with your housing situation or yep. you're having to drop out of a house you already bought and wow. you aren't affording the payment on it. Yeah. Like there are some crazy things happening right now mm-hmm. and our heart just goes out to you. Yep. And we just, I want to know like every time one of you sends me a, just what you're going through, I stop and I pray for you right then. Yes, we yeah, and I, and I want to continue to pray for for all you folks, and and also just I want you to strive for unity in your marriage in the midst of this real trial. You know, one of the biggest worldwide trials we'll probably hopefully ever experience. The best thing that you can do is be unified with your spouse. I don't know if it's the best thing you can do, but it's just such an asset to have yeah. a spouse that you're unified with 
and on the same team with. And so I'd highly encourage you to strive for that. Yeah, I love how you say strive for that because it, it takes work and it takes effort, mm. especially if you have different opinions on what's a good idea and what's a bad idea or you have different opinions of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Elisha and I, this is something that we've really had to work at recently. Even though we're on the yeah. same page with the right. whole move and everything, like all the big decisions we're on the same page with. Mm-hmm. But we're just going through a lot of stress right now. Yes. Like the environment's stressed. The it, You can't go anywhere and not feel the stress. Like yep. I went to Home Depot today and I'm standing out in the rain, you know, six foot, six feet behind the yep. other person who's standing out in the rain waiting to go inside. Like no one's smiling. Yes. It's a really hard time. Right. And, and it's easy to bring that into your marriage. It's really yeah. easy. Yeah. To let that affect your marriage and your kids. And um, I'm speaking from experience because I know that it's just kind of like a cloud over you. Right. You can forget about it for a little bit, but then it, it like resurfaces. Yep, I don't know. There. Yeah. Anyways, but we, we do know that God is good and that marriage is such a gift and I want yes. to use it the way God intended for it to be, I guess, used and experienced here mm-hmm. on earth. And that is a blessing. You know, it's such a good thing to be married and have a partner in times like today. It is. We love you guys so much. Elisha said anyways, like five times. I think he keeps trying to close this out. We got to go pack up. Yeah, I got some more moving to Get do. Get out of here. more cleaning. All right. right. Love you guys so much. Thank you all who took a screenshot and shared the podcast last week. So many of you guys did that and it made our hearts so happy to see who's listening. And it just brought us a lot of joy that you are sharing the podcast with others. So I just want to thank you guys so much and we'll catch you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.